Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are well into 2020. I hope you are crushing your 2020 New Year's resolutions and 2020 goals and that you're operating on that 2020 vision. Also, a reminder, if you have diabetes, be sure to get your eyes checked. Visit the ophthalmologist. It is not my favorite thing to do, but be sure to do it. Uh, it's important. What's also important is we are continuing our Founders series, and today I'm very excited to introduce a very special guest. You definitely know her or have come across her in the diabetes online community. She was on this podcast on episode 29 back in 2017, and her name is Lauren Bongiorno. And she is an amazing diabetes health coach. She's an author. She is an influencer. She's a brand ambassador. She's an entrepreneur, CEO. And she just came off of her first Together T1D event where she had an in-person event in New York City, which is something she's just been manifesting over the last few years and finally put into the world. Her mantra is decide and conquer. She's a good friend, an absolutely inspiring individual. And I hope you guys really dig into some of the ins and outs of being an entrepreneur and growing from a solopreneur to CEO and managing travel and work and balance and relationships all at the same time. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Lauren Bongiorno, the founder of Diabetic Health Journal. Thank you for continuing to listen to Diabetics Doing Things. We've been doing this for four years now, thanks to listeners like you and the support of amazing sponsors like Real Good Foods. If you're involved in the diabetes online community, then you have for sure heard of Real Good Foods and their low-carb pizza and enchiladas, which are delicious. But they've really outdone themselves this time with their new breakfast sandwiches. It's just like your typical breakfast sandwich, sausage, egg, and cheese, or bacon, egg, and cheese, except the biscuit is made out of cauliflower and the whole sandwich has only two net carbs. That's two net carbs. And if you pop it in the microwave, it's ready in seconds. I'm not a big breakfast guy because I don't like having to deal with big blood sugar spikes for a high carb breakfast. But when I'm really craving a breakfast sandwich, I grab a real good food sandwich out of the freezer and hit the road without having to worry about a big spike in my blood sugar. Check out realgoodfoods.com to find them in a store near you or use code Rob Howe, that's me, to get a discount when you order the sandwiches online. I'm a big fan of brands who continue to support creators with diabetes, and there has been no bigger supporter of me and my friends in the diabetes community than Real Good Foods. If you haven't checked them out yet, give them a shot and let me know what you think. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're still telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all over the world. My guest today, my good friend, and uh, a former guest on the podcast, Lauren Bongiorno. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Rob. I'm so excited for this. Me too. I was looking forward to this. Uh, you know, you and I were chatting on Instagram about blocking off time, and I'm taking Mondays and Fridays to do a lot of diabetics doing things work. And so when I saw this pop up on my calendar, I was like, yes, this is going to be a great, great energy in this episode. Uh, we get to cover a little bit of our past, right? You were on episode 17, really before this podcast was anything more than an idea. I didn't even know what it was going to be at that point. Uh, gave your time and obviously uh, just a killer episode. And, you know, then over the years running into each other at events, uh, you're on the first panel here in Dallas. I just want to say how grateful I am to know you and uh, to be friends with you and peers with you in this community. It's been uh, it's been an awesome couple of years and I'm looking forward to the future. Oh, well, thank you. The feeling is completely mutual. And I think I go um, I can speak for many people in this community when we say thank you for all the content you put out and inspiration um, that you bring to us every day and being such a spokesperson, um, not only for the diabetes community, but also for the men with type one, because I know um, it's very over uh, the women, we, we have no problem speaking up, <laughs> right? And then there's you and a bunch of um, other guys kind of pioneering the, the male space of the diabetes community. And I just love watching it. It's always interesting, right? Um, whenever somebody who's, you know, an influencer or a person in the community who shares kind of the breakdown of their demographics of who follows them and who engages with them on Instagram, it's almost always predominantly women. Um, and I take a little bit of pride in like seeing that men number creep up a little bit. Uh, mm. Guys are very, and all of the various, you know, diabetes bros that you mentioned that we when we talk about this, it's uncomfortable for guys to get vulnerable. And I think the ladies in the diabetes community provide us with an excellent example of, you know, what can happen and the powerful things that can happen when you just, ex uh, with acceptance and vulnerability and community. 
And so, you know, that's what I'm trying to do and trying to show uh, that it doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. And there's a lot you can learn. A lot can really help your life just by being open and being willing to say, hey, uh, I'm involved in this community and this is something I want to be a part of. Mm, Yes, I love that. And I think we can definitely, we're all learning from each other. This is a I mean, you know, business on on Instagram isn't something that's so new. Um, it's been around for a few years. People using the platform um, and to you know give their services. But I think in the diabetes space, it's something that is still a little bit new. And um, to be at the forefront of it with you and so many other people, it's just to be able to learn from each other and elevate each other is so exciting. It's it's a great peer group too. Um, you know, just the people that I've gotten to know in this community like yourself, people who I, you know, wouldn't have in my life otherwise. And I think that's the, when people ask me like, what's the best thing or why should I get started? Uh, it's the friendships and the peer group and, you know, the support It's just to see somebody who's kind of like you and, uh, out there in the world. And I think for me, when I look at somebody who, uh, is very similar, has a similar background and approaches things in a similar way, I, I look to you to Lauren Bongiorno. So, uh, you know, I, I'm like this, <laughs> I think a lot of people as well, you're a very young person for the earth. Uh, but I feel like your soul <laughs> is just miles ahead, uh, and you know, much, uh, much older and much more wise and experienced than maybe, uh, your birth certificate would suggest. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I'm turning 27 this year and, um, for many years, I guess I, I didn't share my age because out of fear of, um, she's too young. What, what could she know? But, um, you know, I doesn't it doesn't matter. I think what what age you are. I think it's about your experiences, and especially if you're in an industry like me, it's the it's at the end of the day, bottom line, it's the transformations that you're able to bring. Um, and uh, and it's just it's so exciting to 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 think that um, I, how many how many lives um, are are impacted by just the Instagram community um, and the resources available between, you know, your podcast or my coaching or the Diabetic Health Journal, you know, all of that, um, as well as, you know, other people's things. And to think that 20 years ago when I was diagnosed, it was like, there was none of that. Like I knew one other kid in my my school that had diabetes and like, he wasn't a resource. He was just that other kid that has the thing that I have. So um, really exciting, really exciting. So let's talk a little bit about transformation. So I'm going to rewind a little bit um, and talk about Diabetic Health Journal, which I believe you published in 2018, which was the first uh, the first year it was released. Is that right? Yes, correct. Perfect. So I'm just making sure my timeline's right. So <laughs> uh, you, I remember, you know, following along in your journey, and you kind of went out to a cabin, and you got space, and you finished, and you published your first, uh, you know, book, and it is now a part of your business and part of your life. And what did you learn? And, and now, cause I love the, the new, the new branding and you and I were talking about that a few months ago, you've got this new look, this new feel, this, uh, this reinvigorated community. What have you learned about yourself, you know, from 2018 when it, when it first kind of came out and it was this, uh, this birth, I guess, of your, you know, creativity and passion all in one uh, piece and one package to today where it's now, it's not just you anymore. It's you and a team and you and a, and a larger community. Um, how have things changed? How have you transformed throughout that process? Yeah. So, I mean, it's so funny. I look back, that was the first product product other than my coaching at the time that I had that I that I had put out um and it was one of those things where I just I started before I was ready um so it's this reason why the new journal that just launched um you know the rebranded one is so exciting for me was because this was in my heart like really the quality that I wanted it to be but if you just have that idea and you don't know how people are going to respond to it or what they're going to like what they dislike and and, and don't have that feedback yet of people, many people using it, it's hard and you kind of just, instead of waiting, right, you just have to start before you're ready to get it out there. So I think putting it out there, not having that fear of, oh, it's not perfect, oh, or oh, people aren't gonna like the color of the journal, right? Like I literally made my the designer pick like two covers. I really was like,
like, I don't know which one people are going to like. I put it up on Instagram. I picked the majority vote. We put that to print and it was like, boom, you know, nine months later, everything kind of came together and we sold out really, really quickly, quickly, quicker than we had projected. Um, And then I got to survey everyone who had bought the journal and say, hey, like, let, let me help me help the community and make this the best possible tool. Like, what do you like? What was helpful? What wasn't helpful? Um, and, you know, take that feedback and then implement it and now have a product that not that I wasn't proud of the first one, but this one, I'm like, I just want to like talk about it. I want to share it. And I really just want to share everybody's transformations from the people using it. Um, because for instance, like it's people have lowered their A1C from like, you know, you generally, I say like on average, it's, we've, we've kind of deducted that it's about 0.3 to 0.5 um, people lower their A1C when they're using it. And if you, for for somebody like who's trying to lose it, to lower it from, you know, like 10 down to the sixes, maybe that's not a huge jump, but it also is a huge jump or a huge motivating factor of like, wow, like I actually, when I put work into it and just slowing down and mindful, this is showing me that it is possible and I'm on the right track. So I think overall what I learned is just, um, you know, start before you're ready um, to put it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect right away. And oftentimes um, you need to really just put something, like I said, put it out there in order to see how you can make it better or how you can, you know, up level it on the next time. Let's talk about that for a second, because I think that's a big, uh, like a fear, like trigger for a lot of people is, you know, when you present something like, the, like you said, this was your first quote unquote product. Uh, you had your your coaching business at this time, but this is a physical thing that exists without you. Um, what kind of self-talk did you have? Like, did you ever experience any doubt or what kind of things did you have to tell yourself throughout that process in order to get it across the finish line, to get it into people's hands? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the major things for me was... Uh, I knew that it worked for me and I knew that it was working for my clients because I had been giving them PDFs, right? Uh, It started out, I was just writing my numbers like on sticky notes and realizing, okay, on the days I'm like taking track and inventory of what I'm writing down, I become more mindful and become more reflective and it works for me. So then I started having my clients do it early on and it was, they would see, they would keep saying, Lauren, just the act of writing it down is helping me improve my habits and my mindfulness and my blood sugars. And so I had already so much proof around me that it was going to work. So then the only kind of fear that there was, which was only a little bit, to be honest, was just um, getting it from, you know, a PDF that was obviously, you know, <laughs> there doesn't, didn't cost anything to make to this big book that I think the, fr- I've, I have no problem sharing numbers, but I think the first round, I think it was like around 15K, something around that. Um, and so to put that out there and be like, oh shoot, like this could, this can fail and one person could buy this, or this can be epic and help so many people. Um, and, 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 you know, and prove that it's not just, um, a tool for when you're doing coaching, but you can use this on your own to kind of up level your diabetes management and take that first step on your own. So to be honest, Rob, I actually have more fear about the things that I'm creating now, because to me, it seems like there's more at stake than there were and than there was in the beginning. Um, and because now I have a whole team. And so my business is, is relies, uh, you know, on, I need to make sure that it's running properly and that the operations are good and all these other elements because it's, you know, people depend on it too. Um, and so it's, to me, it feels like there's more at stake now and I'm more talking myself off of ledges now than there were, it was in the beginning. Oh my gosh. That is, uh, that resonates with me so much. Um, <laughs> I find that, you know, I, I had a whole lot less fear, anxiety, questions about my businesses, this podcast included, uh, but also my agency when it was just me and I had no clients and I had no, you know, calendar issues. And, you know, I was just reaching out to whoever I could to come on the pod. I didn't have to worry about sponsors or anything like that, uh, or content or whatever the case is, but something that's been, you know, really resonating with me lately is this idea of growth. And, you know, when we look at social media, for example, we think of growth as like always positive, like we're getting more followers, we're getting more views, like we're getting more clicks or whatever, whatever those metrics are that we're looking at. It's always mm-hmm. like going up represents growth, but growth in your life uh, is often painful. 
uh, like I, when I was a kid, I, I think about that like 12 year old kid who woke up every day and was like a little bit taller. Uh, and <laughs> you know, it, my body hurt and I, I had to take time to get used to learn how to move again and how to exist in this new body that I wasn't as familiar with. And that's how I feel with, with business is, you know, I, our company, three years ago, this company was two people, uh, me and my business partner. Now there's 12 people and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they each have their own, you know, lives to live and, and I'm sort of responsible for them. Uh, same thing on the podcast. It's like before, Hey, there were like no downloads and now there are a lot of downloads and now there's like more content and now more outreach and more systems need to be in place. And, and so growth is not always super positive at first, but it just takes a lot of learning and takes a little time and takes a little different perspective. So I totally, um, I totally resonate with, with everything that you said. You, you went now. So let's kind of after, after you recalibrated and we're like, you know, this is this diabetic health journal is something that I, you know, is really good. We're looking at these results. You surveyed this, uh, your customers, you really took a jump forward, right? You went from solopreneur to full-blown CEO, to entrepreneur, to business, to running a business. How did you go? What was that process like? Uh, was, was there, did you weigh the options or did things sort of fall into place? Did you just feel like it was time? How did you coach yourself through that? Yeah, no. So, well, and I also think I just, before I answer that, I want to add to what you said about the uncomfortability of growth. And I think it's, it's even so applicable if somebody's listening to this and isn't a business owner and it's just somebody who's trying to uplevel in their diabetes, right? It's like your ego, your ego's main job is to keep you safe and your ego likes consistency and it likes just predictability. And so even if you're in habits or if you're in patterns of something that doesn't serve you, your ego still seeks that out. So that's why it's uncomfortable when you go to change a habit or you go to grow your business or you go to add team members or take risks because your body, your ego is like, whoa, wait a second. I don't know what's on the horizon. We've never been here before. I can't predict what's happening. And that's why there's such an overwhelming fear of the unknown for people. But I think what's really helpful and especially has been in my business is understanding that that is just my ego and kind of putting it to side, putting it aside, saying, "Hey, I know you're there. I see you. I know that's not what's really going on, and I know you're not really helping me move forward. So I'm going to move forward because I trust in myself. I believe in myself, and I'm going to keep you next to me, and you can do your thing. But like, I'm not going to really sit in that and own that. Um, and then I think to answer your question, like, what really helped me was just understanding the potential of what was happening inside my business. So the, the diabetic health journal was, it's a source of passive, not only passive income um, of, you know, in the sense that it was created and it's there and it's, you know, people are purchasing it every day and it's, um, uh, you know, that, that part of that passive um, product that I have in addition to my, now my courses and my eBooks and everything. But it's an entry point for people if they're not ready for coaching. So a lot of times on my consultation calls, we'll ask them before the the consult calls, like, have you purchased any of the other products before? And if you kind of see what I've done in 2018, you'll see that I have a product offer for a lot of different stages of where people are in their journey. Because the truth is, is that if you haven't done any self-work, right, or any, you've never invested in, let's say, a trainer or, or a nutritionist or anything to kind of in that self-development category, it's very hard to take somebody and, and guide them into, well, you should you know, invest in yourself for a high-level coaching program because they're like, whoa, that's really uncomfortable. So let's kind of take them along the way from the Diabetic Health Journal um, helping them just notice their patterns and notice the difference that reflecting and becoming a little bit more mindful makes uh, makes them. And then once I had that, I realized that there was still a huge gap. And what uh, what else did people need? So at the end of the day, I figured out um, at the end of 2018, I had a lot of clarity on where the trajectory of my business was going and what my mission in life was. Um, and that clarity really is that the mission of my company is to help people become empowered and self-sufficient with their diabetes management. Um, I've even focused for now in even a little bit more to women with type 1. Um, and it really, once I had that clarity of like the self-sufficiency was really what I 
want to help people with and what people just feel the most transformed with when they can lean on their doctors at the end of the day, but they're like, okay, cool. But like, I know how my body works. Like, let me teach you because I've done all this self work to understand the nutrition piece, the hormone piece, the insulin sensitivity piece, all these different aspects. Like that is just moves me. Cause I'm like, yes, like you're owning your life. And that's what I want for everybody. Um, because I wasn't always there. And when I made that step, I'm like, life feels just so much better this way. When I understand my body, it doesn't mean that I, we don't have, you know, blood sugars out of control, but when we do, we, we understand why they're happening and we understand the patterns and we know how to reset. So I realized I had the diabetic health journal. I had one-on-one coaching and I needed to fill these, fill more gaps, um, to help people become more self-sufficient. Um, and if you break those areas down to nutrition and insulin sensitivity, um, and then, you know, emotional support, what's, what was born was the seven day blood sugar reset, which is a, um, a guide to give you, you know, confidence in knowing exactly what to eat, what makes you feel best um, in your body. Um, then the, the 12-week climb, which is a 12-week um, uh, exercise program specifically for type 1s to increase their insulin sensitivity for better blood sugars. Um, as you know, I know you do weight training as well in addition to basketball and all that and just how important that is, that element of, of for blood sugar control. Um, so I wanted to teach people with exactly, you know, go to the gym and here's exactly what you have to do. You don't have to be guessing. Um, and it's scary sometimes, for, especially for women, to go away from the treadmill or cardio machines. And so here's a strategic way that's going to give you exact results. Um, and then moving up the ladder, you have courses. So I have my exercise and insulin sensitivity blueprint course, which is higher level, and it's really education-based. Um, less coaching, um, some self-coaching elements in there, but video modules of explaining all the different elements that you need to increase your insulin sensitivity for blood sugar control, which is something that was mostly talked about with type 2 diabetes, but it is so important, um, such an important aspect to work on within yourself for for type 1 management, right? And, and coming down from those highs quicker um, and not, you know, just um, spiking after a meal and staying up there for hours, right? Like understanding right. how the hormones and the exercise and even intermittent fasting as a tool, I go over that in there, um, how to, you know, it, it, you know um, introduce that um, is so important. And just like knowing how your body works. And then up the ladder you go to the Decide and Conquer coaching boot camp. And that really is the most transformational in the sense of um, we have we have right now in the January one, 22 women who invested in themselves to go from just isolated and kind of overwhelmed with their diabetes to feeling supported and in control in a community of people that aren't just there to chat at, on the group calls and in between sessions, right? About like diabetes frustrations and this and that, which you are generally get from like a Facebook kind of community, but everybody is there to work on themselves, to better themselves and to learn how their body works and to go from point A to point Z. And they woke up and said, I no longer want to just keep trying harder on my own. I want to be smarter and learn the tools that has worked for tons of other women in Lauren's coaching programs over the past five years. I want that for myself. Um, and that really is like, it's, it, it's incredible. Um, I have my assistant coach Jess inside the program who's type one and she helps a lot with, she does mindset work with the girls. Um, and it's just a constant community of, of people supporting each other. Um, and me, us giving them the roadmap of where they need to go. And talk, so, I want you to talk a little yeah. bit about that for a second, because I've seen like the Slack, the Slack group and you've got the video chats and, you know, some of the results that you and your team share on social media of, you know, people's wins and victories. And, um, you know, it's oftentimes very amazing and like really profound stuff that people are, are achieving and overcoming. What's that, what's the environment like, like uh, in a group of people like that, uh, where you have a, a place to be like, like you said, uh, people who are there like determined to accomplish something rather than necessarily looking for a support group, they're looking to take action. What, what's the energy like in a group like that? Oh, it's, it's absolutely incredible and indescribable. It's, I, I can't even, unless you're in it, like I can try to describe it, but basically I would say, um, not everybody is up to that level right now because they're coming in with like fire under their booties. They're like, I'm ready to go. Like, I know I want this. I just haven't been able to get there on their own, on my own. And it's a place. So for instance, January right now, they just started last week. And so they're, or actually, no, I'm sorry, two days ago. Uh, yeah, it's only been two days. So on Tuesday they started, um, they've been talking so much in the Slack channel. We've been helping them that it feels a lot longer, but, um, in the beginning, they're really, really motivated, but what's going to 
start to happen is once they start about get into like week three, week four, um, problems are going to start to come up. It's kind of like a diet where you're really good the first, you know, three days or the first two weeks, and then you start to crave chocolate and then you eat like the whole M&Ms and you're like, oh, shoot. Or you start to say, I'm going to have a perfect week of blood sugars. And then after day one, you're like, oh, I failed. Like I had a 200. Um, and so they're going to start putting in the Slack channels like, oh, this challenge came up, this challenge came up. But instead of giving up, we're there to support them and everybody's there to lift them up of like, let's get curious about why this is happening. So um, we have like the DCB codes, which I call like the Decide and Conquer Bootcamp codes. There are five codes that I kind of introduced them on the first call. And one of them is curiosity over judgment. So for 12 weeks, just encouraging them to let go of judging themselves or, and letting go of expectations of themselves, because oftentimes we set our expectations too high, which you know, normally we're like, reach for the stars, right? Like you can do anything. I almost tell them like, only commit to like what you are 100% you think you can accomplish. And then, you know, if something, if your budget goes out of range or you're not able to stick with your commitment that you made, you know, in between sessions, like don't judge yourself for it, just get curious about it. And so we kind of help them get in that mindset of like, why is this happening? Why did that pattern come back up for you? Um, why did you, you know, uh, decide to not eat the lunch that you packed and go out for pizza, but like forgettables halfway through? Like, let's just get curious about it because judgment and Judgment and curiosity take the same amount of effort, but judgment doesn't get you anywhere. Curiosity does. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and I think like, you know, being curious and I know uh, you also incorporate a lot of mindfulness and a lot of med meditative practices into into your programs and into your life. Uh, and curiosity is a big part of that. And like letting go of that judgment and asking why things are this way and looking into them. Uh, a great way to solve some problems and really dig dig into things. I want I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you said, honestly, just a few minutes ago. But you talked about when you talk to people for consultations, what are the the hurdles that people build up in their minds before joining, signing on to some sort of coaching program or or in a group a group coaching you know experience. What are the things that if someone's listening and like, hey, you know, I'm not really sure that this is for me. What are those things that you hear from people uh, when you talk to them in those consultations? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say like some of the biggest ones, one is actually shame, which I didn't expect in the beginning um, because I've never felt that way. But I think for me as a coach, if I've learned anything, it's not to project yourself onto your clients that every single person has their own journey and their own mindsets and their own beliefs and experiences. And so for a lot of people, shame comes up like the shame that like, I should be able to do this on my own. Like, why am I reaching out for help? Um, that's one thing that comes up. Another thing that comes up is well, let me try to do this on my own first, which is always an interesting one because when somebody says that, it's actually just their ego protecting them. Um, and then what happens is they go to try to do it on their own and then they book a consultation six months later for like the next you know, round and they're like, okay, I tried and I just wasted six <laughs> months because I was in the same pattern. Like, I'm like, yeah, like that was, you know, we talked about that, that was gonna happen. Like, it's okay, like that's normal. Um, and then another one is of course just finances. Um, but what's actually really interesting is when finances become an objection point, it's not really the financial thing. It's the value that they're placing on the boot camp. So if somebody, what I found is that if somebody doesn't value health as their number one priority or diabetes, um, it's they they fall back on the finances as like their thing. So I've had, for instance, some consultations where um they've they've been like oh it's just too expensive for us right now or like we just can't allocate that like their her and her husband let's say that and you know it's that at that time was what happens but then they come back you know let's say three or six months later or even a year later and they're like we need to get pregnant like tomorrow and my a1c is not down and my doctor told me you know we can't get pregnant unless my a1c is you know down from a 7.5 to you know a six like 
I need this now. And I'm like, wait, but like, you didn't have the money. And they're like, I'm like, did anything change? And they're like, no, nothing's changed. But like, we just know we need this now. <laughs> so it's actually really funny how the psyche plays a lot. Um, and, and I think for me, I, I had a business coach who is, um, I love her to death and she was in a spiritual psychology program and she just helped me a lot, um, understand more about like what's going on inside a person's brain, um, of getting to the point of booking a consultation and really how much is going on inside their minds. Um, and to really like put on my coaching hat, starting on that consultation call, like coaching them through, like. Um, instead of just trying to like get them into the program, like really guiding them to say like, you know, here's where you are now. This is all the pain in your life. Like, let me give you the gift of, you know, all of this transformation that you're going to have. All you have to do is like say yes and, and level up and get past the ego part of your body wanting to stay in the comfortable zone. So, um, it's really fascinating work. I really enjoy it. Um, and, and it just really does show like how much mindset plays a part in you up leveling and you just need to kind of get out of your own way sometimes. And I want to talk a little bit about that with you and kind of shift this back to your journey. Um, you mentioned earlier that you know now, and you were very confident when you said it, and I love that I smiled really big. You said, this is my life's purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. And like helping people with diabetes and helping women uh, right now specifically with diabetes is is your life's purpose. When did you know that? Was there a moment where, you know, obviously you are a person who, you know, part of your journey that I'm familiar with, obviously, because I'm friends with you and have followed you for a number of years. You know, you went to law school uh, and you had this plan for your life that has totally changed. Um, and now, you know, you, you're talking about having multiple conversations with people on consulting calls and, and seeing that you're able to step in and help solve a problem for a person. Um, when did you know? What, was there a particular moment that stands out to you, you know, in the last few years where you're like, you know what, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, my gosh. Well, so first, I didn't go to law school. I applied twice. I, I took my LSATs twice and was applying to law school. And I'm so glad I decided to, quote, unquote, put it off for a year. At least that's what I told my parents to pursue <laughs> health coaching. Right. Like my parents were like, what is she doing? But we'll just let her do this and for a year and then, you know, put her have her go to law school. But um, I think for me and, and the reason why I can so confidently, I think, talk about helping other people get out of their way, like I'm not solving any problems. When people come into the boot camp when coaching, I'm not solving their problems for them. First, I don't believe that anybody has problems to be fixed. I believe that everybody is whole. I believe that whether you have a 6A1C or you have a 10A1C, that is where you are supposed to be in your journey. And it's all about just helping them show them the way, guiding them to their higher level or that next level for themselves in a holistic manner. Um, but I think for me, the, like I said, the reason why I can, I feel like it's, it's, um, it's easier to see this in other people now is because I was in, I stood in my own way for a while. Um, I started coaching before I was necessarily, before I necessarily had clarity on where all this was going. All I knew was that I loved helping people. I loved helping people kind of heal, um, their frustrations within themselves and feeling lost and overwhelmed. Um, I didn't know in the beginning that that would be with diabetes. I didn't know if it would be with men or women. I didn't know in what way, but I just knew I needed to try that because that's where my passions, um, were like, in college, all I was doing was working on myself. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, there's not enough support um, for anybody. And then I think when I realized, I think a really defining moment was I was sitting, I was sitting um, at a dinner table with three of my girlfriends, they're like, I love them to death. And they're just such good soundboards. We all are for each other. And um, it was when I was having diabetic clients, people with diabetes, you know, as clients, but also non-diabetics as clients a few years ago. And I was just describing this one one one-on-one call with the one uh, person with diabetes. I remember who she was. Um, And my friends were like, you light up when you talk about that. Like, why are you not leaning into that more? And I just remember being like, I don't know. I think like I'm afraid to be in a box. I think I'm afraid to identify even like as a diabetic health coach, because then that means that like all I am is like 
like my part of me that's diabetic shines more. And that was something back then that I was afraid of like four or five years ago. So it was really just me being in my own way of like self-identifying as just a diabetic when I'm like, I'm not just a diabetic, like I'm everything, I'm whole, right? It's like, no, Lauren, like you need to like turn this part, you need to let go of that. Um, and you can still be whole, right? But like, there's a whole community of people out there who feel overwhelmed and lost just like you did at one point and you kind of figured it out and you've um and you need to lean into this because like this is this is something you really enjoy and you just need to do it on a larger scale so for me it was just like that conversation kind of just put a light bulb on of like why am i running away from this or not fully leaning into this when i know in my heart that this is what i love doing and the people that i love to help it was just more about me at the time um and the way that i identified with myself yeah, but that's, uh, you know, that's an entrepreneurial struggle, I think, is, you know, constantly questioning. I think entrepreneurs question uh, the status quo as just sort of innately. Otherwise, they would just, you know, fall in line. And so I think that's certainly a huge part of, you know, that journey. And I mean, I, th- I think for you to be able to look back now and say, hey, I'm so glad I was able to, you know, talk myself into, you know, being who I really am uh, is just an incredible story. It's really powerful. Um, and I think too, this sort of feeds into my next question that I have for you. And this is something that I'm sure you see or hear a lot about just scrolling through your own Instagram feed as well is like diabetes burnout for people who are extra involved in the diabetes space, who have diabetes, social media, who speak at diabetes conferences, who help coach people with diabetes, who think about their own diabetes, who talk to diabetes companies. And it's just a lot of diabetes can be very overwhelming, and in the same way, I'm sure, uh, you know, being a, a coach and uh, can be also overwhelming. So how do you find balance uh, in that business owner, coach, um, you know, exercise guru, uh, you know, influencer on Instagram, uh, partner for, for Chris, uh, and, you know, just in your general family life, as well as managing your own diabetes and your own mindset? How do you find that balance uh, that allows you to continue to keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I'll first start by saying that I, I, my pattern so far in the past five years has been balance, out of balance, balance, out of balance, right? So I'll be good for six months and then the next six months, I'll just like run myself to the ground. Um, and then 2019, so last year, I just feel like the end of the decade was a really good turning point for me where things just, I started to get it. Like it was like four years of doing that. And I'm like, that's exhausting. Like we need to change something here. You can't possibly just keep going, 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 going. Like you need to slow down and practice what you preach. Um, and so for me, and I shared this on an IGTV, um, earlier in 2019, I got an A1C back. Um, and I mean, whoever's listening, no judgment. Like this was high for me. I know it's not high for everybody, but for me, my A1C was 6.7. Um, and in my adult life, I'm, I'm used to keeping it between like 6.0, 6.3, kind of in that range. And that was just like a wake up call for me. Like, you know, Laura, like you need to rein this in a bit because, um, if you don't feel your best, like you can't be the best partner, the best CEO, the best, you know, whatever for everybody around you. And for me, I'm just not okay with living that type of life. And it's, it's, this is my, this is my thing. But for me, if you're living a life that you're not working towards that full potential, um, it's kind of like, I just have this growth mindset. I'm like, what's the point? Like, this is that I want to tap into that. I want to unravel all the parts that aren't serving me. And I know it's a practice, but I'm here for it. I'm here to work. Um, and so I think the balance piece, like that really was like, okay, well, let's see what needs to happen. And what's interesting is the second half of 2019, I started to work, um, where I guess put up some bound, more boundaries around just like working at home, like when leaving the office, um, is prioritizing sleep. Like that was a non-negotiable I put on my list. I wrote down, like, I will not negotiate with having less than eight hours of sleep a night. Like it's just not happening. Um, and I started putting up those boundaries for myself and, and I realized that I wasn't 
nothing was getting taken taken away from my business. It was actually growing as a result of that. And I was feeling um, more energized from it. And so it it's, I think in our society, we're taught like we need to work harder and longer, where for me, what I really, really realized, and I feel like I've been saying this on Instagram for the past five, like few years or how many years I've been on the, the gram, but it, I really deeply in my heart of hearts understand this now that mindfulness and slowing down and like stillness is actually the way to hack growth. It's not like running fast a million miles an hour. Like that's a way to burn out and that's not possible. This, so, this is something I really want to talk about. This is huge. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And I'll just end by saying, so by the end of last year um, in 2019, like my A1C, I brought it down back to a 6.1 and I was just like, okay, like this proves to me that whatever my ego was trying to say to me like beforehand that I need to work harder, longer, and I could sacrifice myself to help other people. Like I was getting around like all my clients, like the July Decide and Conquer bootcamp that went through it, every single one, 20 women lowered their A1Cs almost, if not a point, more than a point or like just under a point. So like from an eight to a 6.9 kind of thing. And I was like sitting there like, uh, like why aren't I having this transformation? <laughs> like I need to be in this program. Um, and so that was just, it was, it was, it was hard for me to watch. And then I was so happy that I was able to, to, you know, be on this, get myself back in line. I think that's a, I mean, good for you for being able to recognize it. And I think that I've had a similar, you know, realization, you know, for me, it's a little bit, it's not health related, but it was, you know, more like content and business related. And I was realizing that I wasn't taking a lot of my own advice and I was sacrificing my own goals and my own, uh, you know, aspirations to serve others. And, and that was fine. That was serving me well for a time, but I realized like it was kind of making me miserable without me realizing it. Um, and I want to go back to what you were talking about, about hustle culture, uh, because I think in entrepreneurs, um, you know, it's like work around the clock and grind all day. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting out all the work in and I'm out here at midnight and I'm making emails and doing all this stuff. And, I think that can be a super slippery slope. And especially I, I think for, you know, in, in the male entrepreneur space, especially it's sort of this like badge of honor if you're not sleeping and Hey, look what I, all I can get done by not sleeping. And, mm. uh, a, that's like super not healthy. And, uh, <laughs> but, and <laughs> I think there are some people maybe that, that are just wired different. Um, I was talking to somebody recently, like Kobe Bryant, for example, is like a notor notorious like three hours a night sleeper. That's like all oh my the God, sleep I hate him. he would say he needed. <laughs> so, I mean, he also had all these like horrible injuries throughout his career. So you can kind of like do a little bit of uh, like mm -hmm. digging if you're in there. It's like maybe if he got some sleep, maybe he wouldn't have been hurt. Anyway, but I think they we glorify these guys who – uh, men and women who are like, oh yeah, this guy sleeps three hours a night. He's in the office 4.30 in the morning. He lifts every day. He doesn't eat anything except wheatgrass and, you know, grass-fed beef from, you know, Wyoming that's flown into his office every day via helicopter. <laughs> and it's like, he's only drank water. He's never had anything else. And he loves his wife and his, and his children, but they never see him because he's teleconferencing in. And it's like, okay, like this guy is not, this is a fantasy. This is like marketing. This is a lifestyle that doesn't exist. And right. in some way, in some cases, you know, I read funny tweets on Twitter. It's like, of course, a guy with a billion dollars is going to say the only way to beat him is to wake up at four and four in the morning and go to work because he doesn't wake up till 11 o'clock because he's already made it, <laughs> you know? Right. And so I don't know. I think finding that balance and, and really being, I, I, I have now in my, in my old age, now that I'm in my thirties, I, mm -hmm. I look and I'm like, it's not hustle. It's intention. It's intention. And, mm. uh, you know, I can go spend three hours in the gym playing basketball and I have to equate everything back to sports because I'm such an innate jock. Like that's the only way things make sense to me sometimes. But if I go into the gym for three hours and I just goof around and I don't really do anything, uh, I'm not going to get any better. I know that. But if I go in and I work on something very specific for like 15 minutes, purposefully, intentionally, and very like plugged in and, and very attentive and I'm very mindful of what's going on. I can make a difference in a short time. And then I'm also not wiped out uh, later because I still have energy. I've like checked something off my list. I can go on to the next thing. 
And I think mm-hmm. I've tried to apply that more to my personal life, try to apply that more to my business life. And that has just resulted in so much more balance uh, for me and, and honestly happiness. Uh, and I've been working and I, I work with a therapist. I've talked about this uh, a little bit on the pod, not as much, but I work with a couple therapists with Erica and I and an individual therapist because like you said earlier, sometimes uh, you need somebody with you to help keep you accountable. Um, mm-hmm. And those people have helped clear up a lot of cobwebs that I've just been, you know, pushing to the side for many years uh, and weren't really serving me. So finding that intention, I love one of the th- one of the things like you have a boot camp named it, but even before it was a boot camp, it was just a, a mindset is decide and conquer and, and being intentional is like decide that you want to fix this or that you want to tackle this and then go win. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And it's, and I, I love what you said too about like the intention because the, I guess the biggest difference between, I guess the first few years when I was a five figure business to now running, you know, a multiple six figure business is it's totally different how I run my day. My calendar looks completely different. You know, in the first few years it was, um, just everything stacked back to back to back. And it was just like, what needs to be done? What isn't done? Like, let's just put it today. And now the intention of my week, how it's set up, kind of like what you're doing with your Mondays and Fridays, like specifically putting it there. But I only have like two to three major tasks I'm getting done throughout the day. And for the most part, like I'm making sure that they're uninterrupted, like phone is in the, you know, away from me so I can't see it or it's, you know, off next to me. My Slack is off. My team knows in my calendar, like do not interrupt Lauren while she's doing this. Um, and then also I, I have different days. So like one day is like content creator day. That's when I'm writing my newsletters. That's when I'm writing my Instagram posts, um, or creating mapping out content. And then I have, you know, CEO day where I'm having team meetings and we're talking about, um, the team's KPIs and how, you know, making sure everybody's on track with like their goals and everything and, and addressing any concerns or, or issues that came up that week, um, within like the back end that like I needed to know about. And then another day is, you know, coaching, you know, that's usually two, two to three days a week. I'm, I'm a coach and, and I'm showing up there as like, as, as a guide for people, whether it's the boot camp or one-on-one calls, um, or, you know, consultations during our enrollment process that we have. And so I feel like it, it really does come back to the intention behind it and understanding that, um, we're not machines and, and it's actually more productive to take a 15 minute break in the middle of the daytime without your cell phone and just walking outside to like reconnect to yourself, um, than to spend those 15 minutes, like, you know, like rushing to, you know, answer, I don't know, like a few emails in between like your next calls, because that's not necessarily elevating you that that's not intention. That's just reactivity. Right. Um, and, and it's really, a challenge. Yeah. And um, for, of course, of course. And I, and you can't, if someone told me this five years ago, I would have been like, okay, cool. Like, that's awesome. But I don't have a team and I don't have people to help me with this. And I, and I don't, and I would have made excuses but because it's something that I had to learn. And I think every entrepreneur has to learn at their own pace. And I'm nowhere near, I'm sure where I'm, I, I need to be for my potential for running, but I'm, I'm slowly getting there and I'm feeling more in control every, every day. Well, it's, uh, I'm glad to hear that. And I think, you know, what you talked about for, you know, every entrepreneur has to learn it. I think you start to see once you have that commitment, whether it's you're starting the business, there comes those moments where you have to just jump in with both feet. Um, at the beginning, it's, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm starting this business. Uh, then there's those micro moments along the way where you're like, hey, I'm going to carve this time out for myself or, hey, I'm not going to. Um, you know, do this anymore, whether it's a bad habit or whether it's a reactivity, like you said, Hey, I'm going to be accountable for myself, uh, in this area. It's like working for yourself sounds really cool, uh, until you have to be accountable to yourself and you're not living up to your own expectations. It's like, those are those hard looks in the mirror where you're like, Oh man, if, if I'm really going to do this time to be accountable, uh, time to actually, you know, check this box and really, you know, decide and conquer this. Um, and, and kind of overcome this challenge. And that's part of that growth uh, and props to you for, for doing it. And also like, I think it's cool. I get to be, and, and a lot of us get to be on the sidelines getting to watch you do it. It's pretty inspiring. Oh, well, thank you. And I mean, I think at the end of the day that, that keep what the thing that keeps me moving forward is like the, the results and just seeing people's transformations. I mean, like getting DMs sometimes for people's women's husbands being like, 
she her her diabetes in, is in so much control now that like our relationship has improved um or getting moms you know like texting me or not texting me but sending me emails or or dms and it's just like that's a small little ripple effect that she's going to that person's going to make you know for for their entire you know the people that they get in touch you know they encounter whether it's in their family life or friends or you know social life or work so i mean it's something that i i love like i i really can say full-heartedly that i don't get overwhelmed by the fact of having type 1 and working in the diabetes space um it never like dawned on me until somebody asked me if that was the case but i just think that during my business i i really put on a different hat like i'm not lauren the just the personal person with diabetes. I'm like Lauren, the coach or Lauren, the CEO. Um, and I'm here to just like guide people into their highest selves. Um, whether that's my team or, you know, the people that I'm helping with in my clients in the group coaching programs, or, you know, even in courses and that I using the diabetic health journal, like I'm here to help you like be that best level, um, that best person and, you know, unlock your greatest potential with diabetes. And it brings me joy every day. Well, it's so great that we have you, um, and I'm just a very fortunate person to get to interact with you and to be, you know, your friend and peer in the diabetes space. And Aww. looking forward to the next time that uh, that I get to run into you in person. Yeah, Rob, I, I hope it's soon. 2020, uh, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, I think it's. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point because I also have. I gotta. I gotta leave you with this. Uh, you know, as we sort of wrap up this episode, I have uh, a life goal that you've inspired for me. So if you're if you're ready, I'm going to put this on right now. I'm, I'm, I haven't told anybody else this. Maybe Erica, but here's the deal. Bongiorno Ooh. squats, right? Bongiorno yes. squats. Usually, like the, the most common place that you see them is in an airplane bathroom, like a lavatory, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, next time I'm on a plane, I will take a picture of what I look like in an airplane bathroom. I don't fit, <laughs> like I have to lean back just to like use the bathroom. Like I'm like basically not oh in God. it. So the idea I of doing a squat of in one is like beyond not possible. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hilarious. I never thought about that before. Oh, it's a very limited possible. group. Like you gotta be very tall and large to not fit in one. And I, I am, I'm like right at that threshold. So my goal is, to someday be on a plane with a big enough bathroom that I can do a bonjourno squat. And that will mean that I'm either like flying first class on Emirates Air, which is great, uh, or like a private jet or something. And when that moment comes, I'm going to tag you and I'm going to be like, hey, achievement unlocked, goal achieved. I love this. Oh, manifesting and we have the proof to back it up. We'll come back to this one day, whether it's in a year or five years. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting tagged in that post. I'll even put it on my highlights. Just Can't wait. Rob's Bongiorno squats. Just, I love it. just, one, just one video. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hold you to that. All right. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time today to uh, to chat with us uh, and to just update us on on where your journey has taken you and all the amazing things that you and your team are accomplishing and and the wins of your of your clients. Um, obviously, like those those things kind of spill out, um, and, and I'm I, you know they stop me in my feet. I like looking like wow, like the, an impact on a person's life for reducing their A one C by you know even just one one point. Uh, is is incredible. So thanks for all that you do. If people want to, obviously you're an easy person to find, but pl this is uh, our chance to plug. If someone has heard you on this podcast today and wants to get started, where do they go? Yeah, absolutely, guys. So my Instagram is Lauren underscore Bongiorno. Um, you can find me there. Shoot me a DM. Let me know that you found me on Rob's podcast. Introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you. Um, and then if you're looking for a good resource to just kind of kick things off um, with your diabetes, um, to just become more mindful and reflective with it, the, the Diabetic Health Journal is a great place to start. And that's just www.diabetichealthjournal.com. Awesome. Well, we will include all your relevant links in the show notes. And Lauren, just again, thanks so much for coming. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thanks again for listening. Please follow us on Instagram. Check out our sponsor, Real Good Foods. Uh, we're diabetics doing things on all the major platforms. And we also are available on Spotify. So if you prefer Spotify or you're a subscriber, uh, check it out. I definitely have listened to more on Spotify in the recent years. They've got a lot of great podcasts and it's just super easy to uh, shuffle from music to podcasts and back and forth. Leave us a review if you have a chance and tell a friend with diabetes about this podcast. That's the best endorsement and the best support that you can provide. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time.